Welcome to Ella Go. My name is Lisa, and this is not just a podcast about running. This is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between. Because let's be honest, ladies, this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together. Okay, welcome back, everyone. My guest today is Heather Hart. She is an exercise physiologist, endurance athlete, an RRCA certified running coach, UESCA certified ultra running coach, creator of Relentless Forward Commotion, and co-founder of Heart Strength and Endurance Coaching. Welcome, Heather. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I have lots of hats. (laughs) Well, that wasn't even all of them because I know that I went on your website prior and I was like, you know, you you are doing a lot. So let's start. First of all, thank you for being here. And um, let's start with where are you from and what do you do? Yeah. So, um, I'm originally from Vermont and I will tell people always that's where I'm from. (laughs) Um, But I currently live in South Carolina, um, Myrtle Beach area. I've been here for the last um, six years now. Uh, So I guess that's technically home now, but I am, as you mentioned, an exercise physiologist, um, but I work full time as a running coach. And so my husband and I own a run coaching business. We have six coaches on our team, um, just over 100 athletes on our team. Um, So, yeah, I get to talk about running day in and day out, and it's a lot of fun. (laughs) I can tell. And I love your I could just tell from your personality and your energy that it's probably really great to work with someone like you. Um, Why did you start running? Like, how did that all happen? That's a great question. So my older sister, I have um, two sisters, and my older sister is about 12 years older than me. And she really got into endurance sports um, in her 30s. And so I want to say I was maybe maybe 21 years old and she suckered me in. And I'm going to say that she suckered me into doing a half marathon. <laughs> I didn't train for it. It was absolutely a miserable experience. I couldn't walk for days after. And I was like, well, you know, running. Um, fast forward a few years later, I was pregnant with my um, my oldest son. And after I had him, you know, I'm I'm 23 years old. I had gained some weight and I thought to myself, how do I get rid of this? Um, go for a run. It, it just made the most sense, you know? So I, I laced up some running shoes that I had kicking around. Um, I went for a less than one mile run, probably at like eight or nine weeks postpartum. And it was awful. <laughs> I was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I got home and actually I had a huge, um, like blister on the back of my Achilles. I felt sick to my stomach and I was like, that, that was horrible. But the next day I did it again. And the day after that, I did it again. And each day it got a little easier. And, you know, after a couple of weeks, I found myself looking forward to running. I was like, wow, this is something I really enjoy doing. Um, so I kind of stuck with it. And then, you know, as I I became a runner as I became a mother. So they kind of went hand in hand for me. It was my thing, you know, suddenly here I am 23 years old. Um, you know, I still felt like a baby myself. 
thrown into parenting and it's all new and, and I have to give everything of myself to someone else. But the one thing I still had for me was running. And so that was kind of my time and my time to, you know, have a little mental and physical release. And it just, it grew from there. Um, so about a year later, I decided to go back to school um, to pursue a degree in exercise physiology because, or exercise science, um, because I wanted to help other people. And at that time it was mom specifically, I wanted to help them feel that way and experience, you know, what a joy exercise brought to my life. And I knew it could help others. So that's how it all started. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, because (laughs) you said that, you know, you hated it and it was Uh not easy. And then you're like, you started looking forward to it. Heather, how does that happen? Because that's, that's kind of like, you know, and you probably can resonate with this when you're coaching clients and they're always want to feel that runner's higher. When is it going to get easy? Like, what do you feel was that ex- that special sauce that made you feel like, oh, I'm starting like this? Like, what was it? <laughs> you know, I, to actually pinpoint it, I'm not sure. You know, from a, from a scientific side, we can we we know that physiological adaptations happen way faster in the beginning when you're not in any sort of shape at all. It, it happens quickly. But I think for me personally there was probably kind of a moment where I didn't even realize that I stopped thinking about how hard it was. And I kind of almost mentally checked out and was just thinking about my day, you know, not having these other distractions around me and just able to think. And, and I think that's what I enjoyed and I didn't notice it happening, but um, I don't know if that was so much the runner's high at the time, but as it became easier, um, I just, I really started looking forward to it. And it wasn't specifically because it was becoming easier. It was that I enjoyed it more. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I could totally resonate with that as well. All right. So let's talk about you being an exercise physiologist, because first of all, what is it? <laughs> yeah. So that's, um. <laughs> so the exercise physiology credentials are just kind of, um, I don't want to downplay it per se, but it it's, for this one, you have to have at least a four-year degree, um, specifically in some sort of exercise science background. So it's it's certainly more than a personal trainer, you know, that studies for a weekend or studies at home and takes a course. Um, my schooling kind of prepared me to work more in a clinical setting if I wanted to, you know, cardiac rehabilitation or that kind of stuff. Um, and I never wanted to do that. I always wanted to work one-on-one with people, but I wanted to know everything I could get my hands on. I wanted more than just a book and a certification and, you know, and a piece of paper that says I'm a personal trainer. I really wanted to dive deep. So that's the, um, the path I took with my education. So, you know, what is an exercise physiologist? It really kind of depends on what that person does with with their career, with those credentials. I personally have always worked either in gyms or one-on-one with people helping them. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about how a runner would benefit from that, like Mm -hmm. versus, like you said, a personal trainer or, you Mm -hmm. know, or just your typical coach. Like you have higher credentials. How would a runner benefit from working with you? Mm -hmm. So that's a fantastic question. I'm really glad you asked. Um, I think that a lot of these credentials that people have, you know, whether it's, um, you know, RRCA level one run coaching or a just a personal trainer certification, I really see those as kind of like a springboard into the industry and not the end of your of your education right there. But unfortunately, a lot of people go into these um, 
certification courses, whether they're in person or online with no background in exercise science, and they don't go any further than what they've been taught in class. Um, so an example I always like to share is that when I was taking my RRCA course, and I don't want to pick on them specifically, but this is the example, um, someone in my class asked, we were talking about tempo runs, and, and the, the um, instructor mentioned, you know, your lactate threshold, and someone asked, well, what does that mean? What is lactate? And the instructor said, you don't need to worry about that. And I'm sure my jaw, jaw hit the floor because I was like, what do you mean you don't need to worry about that? You definitely need to know what that means. So there's a lot that, um, you know, whether it's the physiology side or the biomechanical side or just science in general, that a lot of entry level coaches don't understand. And that's not their fault per se, but uh, it is if they don't continue on, but it's not their fault at first. But the problem is, is that they can miss a lot of important things when it comes to coaching a client, you know, whether it's um, understanding how to adapt a training program for a client's specific needs or whether they have a pre-existing condition that maybe isn't something that necessarily takes them out of being able to be coached, but it's something that they need to know more of and how we can work around that. So um my clients know that I am like the biggest science nerd. And, and I ask them, I tell them, ask me all the questions you want. I'm never the coach who will say like, trust me, just trust me. I'll tell you why, you know, we're going to do the things we're going to do. Um, and, and they often come to me with these, um, like fad workouts or things they've seen on Instagram or why can't we do this or, or what's the benefit of that? And I have the education to answer them and to, and to explain why this is a good idea or this is a bad idea. So, um, I always recommend when you're looking for a running coach, definitely find someone who, you know, they don't need to have a background in exercise science, but find somebody who's continuing their education, who started with that run coaching and said, okay, I need to know more. I want to learn more to better help my clients. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you are an ultra runner mm-hmm. <laughs> and an ultra running coach. Mm-hmm. What is an ultra runner for those who don't know? Yeah. So ultra ultra marathons technically are any distance beyond 26.2 miles. Um, but more specifically in the ultra world, you typically will see a 50K as your first entry level ultra marathon distance. That's 31 miles. and um, the common distances are, you know, 50 K 50 miles, hundred K a hundred miles. And now we're seeing more and more 200 milers. And so it's, it's a one shot race. It's not a stage race. It's, you know, we're going to cover all this distance at one time. And that's what an ultra runner is. It's almost always on. I don't want to say always, it is a large majority of ultra runners or ultra marathons are run on trails, but there are road ultra marathons as well. How did you get into that, Heather? Um, wow. How did I get into that? I think <laughs> so. Um, I kind of shifted at one point from road running into obstacle course racing of all things like the Spartan races and things like that. That was back in 2012. And, um, around that time I had moved back home to live with my parents. I had split with the um, father of my kids and, there were a lot of trails nearby. So that's how I kind of really got into that sport. And, um, as I progressed through obstacle course racing, I found that what I enjoyed more than the obstacles was being on the trails, just being out in the woods and running, um, out there. And so kind of the natural progression from falling in love with trail running was seeing 
how much further can we keep going? (laughs) (laughs) And as anyone, you know, almost anyone who has run an ultra can tell you, they'll do their first one and you'll say, I'm never doing that again. And then you give it a week or two and you're like, hmm, wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, I wonder how far I can go next time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So if, for those of you who are listening, this is, this is major distance for ultra runners. So, you know, I often think, you know, as a coach, how do you transition your typical, you know, weekend runner into an ultra runner? How how do you make that transition? What's the secret sauce? (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing I do with new ultra runners is kind of shake them out of everything they've ever learned about road running and, <laughs> and all of the things we kind of kind of focus on, um, in the road running world, especially in the like half marathon and marathon distances, it's totally common for people to start to kind of obsess about pace, you know, like, and wanting to get faster and faster and stronger. Naturally, we always want to get better, but when you're talking about ultra marathons, we have two things that you need to keep in mind at one is that when you're covering distances like this, you can't run very, you you cannot run fast and expect to make it to the finish line, or, or I should say as fast as you would in these shorter distances. And two, they often present, um, more technical trail that just does, it's not conducive to running fast. There's walking, there's super steep hills, there's walking because you're exhausted. Um, things are different. So the first thing we do is kind of drop the idea of, of focusing on, these fast paces and and having to, you know, always hit the same pace. Instead, we kind of slow down and we work on building volume to really kind of just boost our body's ability to cover long distances efficiently. Um, It can be really frustrating to make that transition at first, but it kind of, it always seems to click with my new ultra runners, probably around, you know, a third of the way through their first training cycle where they're like, okay, wow, I went out for this long run way slower than I'm used to. I didn't look at my watch. And all of a sudden I was at that distance and I felt like I could have run all day. I'm like, you've done it. (laughs) We're there. So that's really the first thing. Um, I think that a lot of people assume that with ultra marathon distances, you're going to be like tripling, doubling and tripling your overall training volume. And that's really not the case for, you know, the everyday runner who just wants to finish the distance. Um, obviously if you're competing, you know, to win or trying to PR on a time, it gets a little different, but, um, we just, we slowly build volume to cover what you need to do. Um, you know, things like back-to-back long runs are, are more common in ultra running. Um, and the last thing is we focus on food and nutrition, um, not food, you know, day-to-day food that is out of my scope of practice, but nutrition within running, you know, you have to learn how to fuel yourself in order to hit these distances. Um, whereas a lot of people can do a half marathon or a marathon and maybe take like one gel or something. If you're not eating every 30 to 45 minutes in an ultra, you're not going to hit the finish line. So that's a big part of training too. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about, uh, and you, by the way, you're like the second, maybe third ultra runner that I uh, interviewed. And, you know, it is definitely a different type of running because you just said it. This is not about speed. It's not about, you know, pace. And I almost want to (laughs) say... I hope I don't get any flack for this. I want to say that it's such a better way of 
of an outlook on running because mm-hmm. it's not this push, 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 competitive, com- being competitive and trying to, you know, make yourself run faster than you can even. I mean, your body, yes, it's a machine, but at the end of the day, it's still a human body, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just a different outlook, you know, ultra running, being an ultra runner versus a marathoner. Totally different, you know, Mm -hmm. perspective, even energy, even like, yeah, we're just going to do this run (laughs) and, you know, we're going to have fun and do this and versus just seriousness and focus. Not to say that all marathoners are not, are, are all serious and not having fun. And to be honest with you, like I said, second, third person that I spoke to, you make me want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think your observations are spot on. There's obviously uh, people in ultra running who are super competitive and race for time. But what I've observed is that a ton of people naturally kind of find themselves in the ultra running community because they were getting burnt out from the pressure of road running and the pressure of having to, you know, PR or not feeling fast enough or whatever it may be. And they give the trail and more specifically the ultra running world a try. And they're like, Oh my gosh, this is fun. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Nobody asks me what my time was and nobody cares how fast my time was. Um, a, a story I always think of is my very first ultra ever. Um, I hadn't really prepared very well for it. And I didn't really know what I was getting into. I had never experienced the ultra running community. And I was running with um, my then boyfriend, now husband. And at some point we were on an out and back. And the the guy who was winning the whole race, he was well ahead of us because it was a big looped course. Um, He stopped. He stopped to talk to us. And he was like, hey, guys, you know, how are you enjoying the race? Like, I I know this is your first ultra because we had talked to him earlier. And and how are you liking it? And all of these things. And I was so taken aback that, A, he cared enough about us to ask us about our day. And B, that he stopped. I'm like, aren't you trying to win? Like, Why did you just stop? But that is just a perfect example of how the ultra community is. And there's just so much less pressure. and again, not that that's right or wrong. I think that that there's certainly a place to be competitive and to put that kind of pressure on yourself if you want it. But a lot of people don't. Right. And so they they find a place in the ultra world. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, okay, so can you go from uh, from a couch to 5K to an ultra runner? Yes, in time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, working mainly with ultra runners, this is a conversation I have to have with people a lot of the time because no matter what distance you run, I think, and no matter where you run, whether roads or trails, we have one thing in common. And that's when we fall in love with running. We want to do it all right. We want to like all the races, get all the medals, do all the distances. And so a common thing I encounter is runners who just started running. I'm talking literally couch to 5k, maybe a half marathon who will email me and be like, next, I want to do a hundred miler. I'm like, okay, hold on. (laughs) We can get you there, but it's Mm going to take a lot longer than you want it to. And the reason being is, you know, we have these adaptations that happen to our Mm -hmm. bodies that need to happen to our bodies to keep us safe and healthy. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always kind of talk people back down. I think that you can certainly go from like half marathon to a 50 K, which is technically an ultra ultra, but those bigger distances do take some time and experience. So, um, 
long story short, yes, you can go couch to a hundred miler. There's just a lot of stops in between. <laughs> right. No, it's, well, it's possible. It's definitely possible. It takes time, but it's definitely possible. Okay. So we're going to switch gears here. And we, we talked a little bit about this when we first met and I asked you about running pregnant. And I just wanted you to maybe even share your experience, specifically this, Heather. And I, I think we said, we talked a little bit about this, where, um, you know, the maybe the, the backlash sometimes when it comes to running while pregnant. You know, what was your experience? Um, it was a really frustrating experience because in that interim, my boys are only two years and two weeks apart. So in that, that short period of time, I fell in love with running. I fell in love with exercise and with moving my body. And when I found myself pregnant a second time, um, I was actually in school for exercise science. So I'm, you know, learning all these things at the same time. Um, I wanted to run through my whole pregnancy and I tried, but around 19, 20 weeks, I started having some issues and um, come to find out my son had some kidney issues in utero. He's fine now. But um, that combined with a few other things, my body just wasn't tolerating running. And for me, that was really, really, really frustrating because running had become my thing, the thing I could do for me as Heather, not me as mom, not me as, you know, a student or a wife or anything. It was, it was my time. And now that was taken away from me too. So it was, it was definitely difficult. Um, I think I tried to push my luck a little more than I probably should have. I, you know, I would try to run here and there, but, um, I ended up walking a lot through my pregnancy and it, it did teach me, um, patience, but more than anything, the comeback later was a good reminder that, you know, our bodies are capable of a lot, but we need to give them the time and, and the patience and, and, you know, kind of the respect that they deserve so that we can continue to do the things we want to do later down the road. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Heather, first of all, you know, you, you're, like I said, you're a coach, but even yourself, you are competitive or well, you've been in, in races I mean, you're really up there in the <laughs> finishing times and, the, you know, you have tons of accolades. Um, and to know that, you know, you were never this runner that was running in, you know, middle school or, or mm -hmm. since the day that you came on this planet, it, it's very inspiring. Um, and with that being said, what are your aspirations with running moving forward? Like, what's next for you? That's a good question. Um Hmm. So I feel as though I've personally reached like a really important place in my running that I think more middle of the road, amateur athletes like myself need to reach. And that is finally discovering that balance between, um, kind of living my life and, and being a runner and not doing too much, um, in, or, you know, and burning myself out and injuring myself and whatnot. Um, and not kind of, putting so much of my personality or who I am in my running. So, um, because I spent many years doing that, I, I, I ran too hard. I raced too often. I put so much of my self-worth in my finishing of these different races. And so kind of having come out on the other end of that, it has made me think like, Oh, well, I don't know what's in the future because it's not an obsession like it is for so many people. But, you know, I do have a bunch of things that like 
I'd love to do if, if the opportunity arises. Um, I'd love to run Western States 100, which is kind of the, I guess you could call it like the Boston Marathon of the ultra running world. <laughs> you have to finish a qualifying race and then get picked in the lottery in order to get in. Um, and unlike the Boston Marathon, Western States only has space for like 300 and something runners. That's it out of like all the ultra runners. So it's really hard to get into, um, but it's on my bucket list. Um, I'd absolutely love to, you know, try it. I'd love to try a 200 miler. I never thought I'd say those words, but here we are. (laughs) I'd love to give it a try. Um, you know, and I just like to continue improving as an athlete in the sense that, you know, I, I get a little stronger, I get a little faster, but most importantly, I want to be able to do this for the rest of my life. I want to be that, you know, 75 year old woman at the starting line who everyone's like, Oh, look at her. That's so awesome. That's so inspiring. I want to be there. I want to do that. I want to drive my grandkids to a race. <laughs> and make them do it. <laughs> so I would say, you know, more than like having these specific, like I want, uh, 18 hour, hundred miler or this or that or whatever. It's more kind of longevity is, is really what I want out of my running. Yeah, that's, that's great. I love that. Um, I love that answer. Um, so you're a creator of relentless forward commotion. What, what is that? Talk a little bit about that. That is my, my third child, my third baby. (laughs) So, um, I started that website. It is it is technically a blog, but it has transitioned more into an informational website over the years. But it started as a mommy blog back in 2009, you know, when when those were kind of um, a newer thing. Not everyone that you know had a blog. So I started it because I was home alone with two babies. My partner at the time worked, um, you know, evenings in the restaurant industry. So I was always home alone and I needed an outlet. Like I needed, I had things to say and I wanted an audience to listen. (laughs) So I started writing about everything and anything that had to do with me transitioning, um, into being a mom, now a mom of two, as well as, you know, becoming a runner. And I'd write about all these things. Um, it, within the first two years, the whole blogging world started to transition and, and, and become a thing where, um, all of a sudden I'm getting opportunities to review products and I'm getting opportunities to travel to these cool places and do these awesome things. And so, um, over the years, I've had some amazing opportunities because of this blog, but, Again, the blogging world has shifted again, and it's no longer really talking about you um, or or your stories. That's kind of what Instagram or, or TikTok, those platforms have become that. And so my site has has kind of grown as well into more of an educational uh, platform where I share my knowledge. I share, you know, my experiences as a coach and, and answer questions people frequently ask, and and I just write about it. And so um, it's. This year alone, I have actually been working on a project of kind of like transitioning all of that and and getting rid of some of the older posts and and bringing in a focus on the educational posts. And at this point, I have over 650 posts about running. So I see (laughs) that if you have a question about running, I've probably written about it. She she did. I mean, there's lots of amazing things on here. She has you know, running tips. She she has running tips for uh, beginners, uh, running tips for racing or uh, trail running, ultra marathon. I mean, and and yeah, you have a little bit of your, you know, the blogging. 
I mean, it's not just, I will say this. It's not, when I click on one of them, it, it's not your typical, like you say it's information. You're absolutely right. It is information, but it's, it's written in a way where you are not just spewing facts. Um, and you're, you're, you're talking a little bit more. I love your pictures. Thank I love you. that you have, oh, this is good. So she has this thing where she has all her races and I thought it was just like when I clicked on them, I'm like, is this like where I can go to, to these races? But when you mm-hmm. click on them, it's actually you, right? I yeah, mean, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> love it. That's so cool. Thank so you. if you want to do a race and you're wondering, ooh, you know, wh- what does she have to say about it? I mean, that this is a really great resource. So, all right. So that's Relentless Forward Motion. But then motion. you yeah. <laughs> forward commotion yes yeah. forward commotion a hint to the chaos <laughs> got it <laughs> and then you are the co-founder of heart strength and endurance coaching and that is the coaching that you do with your husband yes yeah okay. that's our run coaching business okay it's pretty cool all right so two more questions heather sure. so first what is one piece of advice you'd give to a woman starting her running journey Um, I would tell her, I don't know that I could keep this to one, but I'll try my best. I would tell her, you know, just think big picture, think about the big picture. Um, it is so easy, especially with social media and, and all of these awesome platforms that we have to connect with other runners. It's so easy to compare yourself to everyone else and to want to do everything right now. And to, you know, why can't I be as fast as this person? Or why can't I run as far as that person? Or why am I not doing as many workouts as that person? Um, Think about the big picture. You know, this is your journey and you're at the starting point and you have so many years to go to do all these awesome things. So just be here in the now and like kind of celebrate what your body can do, but, but be patient. You know, you have, you have a lot of time to do these cool things. That's a good piece of advice. Definitely. All right. This might be hard for you, Heather. This <laughs> last one. If you could sum up in one word, Heather, one word, what running does for you, what would that be? One word. I would say um, confidence. Ah, oh, I love mm-hmm. that. Awesome. Okay. Why? Um, because I think that running, actually, I don't think I know that running over the years has proven to me when I've doubted myself, whether I, you know, that I'm capable of so much more than I, than I may think it has proven to me that I'm strong. It has proven to me that I can endure. Um, it, it has just proven to me that any limitations that I might think exist, um, I'm able to to break through them and to keep pushing through. And and so it's kind of a great example of life. You know, um, things can get hard things, especially in ultra running, you can find yourself crying and, and like exhausted and thinking you can't go on, but you can. And the same with life, you know, it's things can get really hard, but you push through and it, it always gets better. So I love that. Okay. So Heather, where can we find you? If people want to reach out to you, where, where are you? Yeah. So you can find me, um, on my blog, relentless forward commotion. My Instagram handle is the same relentless forward commotion, um, or at heart strength and endurance coaching, our website, we've got a Facebook, we've got an Instagram, um, you know, all of those ways. I'm the one in charge of all of the, the social media. So 
I'll find the, <laughs> the emails one way or another from people, but yeah, that's, that would be the best way through social media. <laughs> okay. And we'll have all those links on the show notes. Heather, I love talking to you. You have thank such you. an amazing, amazing energy. Oh, thank and you so much. I, I totally enjoy this. I can tell that you really love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I know that anybody that works with you, I mean, I can't imagine coming in there and be like, oh, I don't want to do this. You're going to be like, come on, guys, let's do it. I mean, I can feel that just amazing energy. And I love that you said that running gives you confidence and it's very empowering. And you're right. It makes you feel like you can pretty much do every, anything and you pretty much has have proved that. So, you know, woman to woman, thank you. Thank you thank for being you. out there doing doing the good deed. And I really appreciate you being here. Oh, I appreciate those kind words. That means a lot to me. I, I do love what I do. So whenever I can kind of take that energy and give it to anyone else so that they can fall in love with it too, then my job is, has, has been done. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Until next time, everyone. Bye.